welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They're all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. If you have ever spent time studying any of the Islamic sciences, one of the patterns that becomes clear is the attention scholars in the past gave to documenting principles, axioms, rules, aphorisms, etc. In almost every discipline, you will find these cataloged, all with the aim of making the study of that particular discipline easy. So, rather than always having to start with a minutia and then making sense of it, students typically learn these principles which provide important frameworks to make sense of it all. Now, while these principles are usually for students and experts of these fields, I believe that many Muslims seeking to make sense of Islam require their own set of first principles through which they can approach Islam as a religion and discipline of study and also draw conclusions that are both at one with the fundamentals of the faith and also compatible with our current condition. In this series, and at this point, I'm not exactly sure how long it's going to be, but I will say at least 10 episodes. I want to highlight some of these first principles that help us create a mental framework through which we can make sense of Islam today. Enjoy. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, this will be the last episode in this series of principles. I've had a lot of fun with the series. I hope you've had a lot of fun and enjoyed listening to them. Hopefully, I can pick up this concept of first principles in some other venue. Uh, I'll be announcing something related to that soon. But I think that this will be the end of the line for me. And I hope uh, moving forward, we can get into some other stuff. And I thought I would end on this note. Uh, we all know and we've all complained that Islam oftentimes looks bad, uh, it is presented improperly, the people unfortunately that oftentimes seem to speak for Islam seem to be the worst of the community, uh, they don't look well, they don't speak well, the, they're yelling, they're screaming, the message is negative, etc. We've all been there, done that, We've, you know, I've had my share of trauma, I'm sure you have all had your share of trauma, of people that just don't <laughs> represent the good of the faith. So, I thought that we would end on this note, you know, how do you make Islam look good? If we know that it's something that inspires us, we believe in it, we follow it, and, you know, that belief, uh, inshallah, is unshakable, well, why why do we have this uh, opposition, you know, why is there this, this problem? What is it that is going wrong? And therefore, what's the solution? Now, of course, in a podcast episode, I don't think I'm going to solve all of that. But I think I can lay out a sketch, hopefully, inshallah, for us to think about. One of the things that we, we need to remember that when Islam is presented to somebody, 
it needs to be it needs to be presented properly, completely, and in a way that's attractive. It's like marketing. You can't you can't you know say oh we believe in you know la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and then they're supposed to understand what that means. That doesn't mean anything to them. They might not even understand what that phrase is because it's in another language. So when you present someone with Islam or you're presenting Islam, and here I'm not saying like, you know, we're going knocking door to door. I don't mean it like that. I'm talking about simply presenting Islam to ourselves and to our children and our families and our community. You know, we don't, I'm not talking about, you know, door to door, the door to door dawah salesman. I'm not talking about that. For some reason, that's what a lot of people think this means. No, we're talking about ourselves here. When we when we come to present Islam, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of misinformation. There's probably more in misinformation out there than there is facts. So when it comes to our children, our community, our family, whether it's the nuclear family or the extended family, we have to understand that there are going to be a lot of doubts, a lot of questions. The whole reason why I started this podcast and this platform is precisely for that reason, because I get a lot of people that have a lot of questions and doubts. Now, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm doing my best, inshallah, to try to provide a forum where we can answer some of these things. So, how do you go about, in just a few minutes, addressing this issue? So, I think there's a few things I would say relating this to the first principles theme, is the first thing we have to remember is that the core, one of the core traits of this faith is peace in all of its meanings. And to emphasize that, all of the surahs of the Qur'an begin with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the name of God, the most merciful, the most compassionate. So Allah chose two of His attributes that are attributes of mercy to emphasize the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful, is forgiving, is loving, etc. So every time we begin the Qur'an, that's what we say. And every time we end our prayer, we say, Assalamu alaikum, to the right and to the left, even if we're by ourselves. And we say, Assalamu alaikum, antum, plural. We're saying, peace be upon you, everybody. Not just on me or the person that's praying next to me. So even if you're praying by yourself, if you're a man or if you're a woman, if you're old or if you're young, when you end your prayer, any prayer, you're going to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And this is, the, this is not just the greeting of Islam, but this is uh, a message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to inculcate in us, that you are actually wishing and praying for peace upon everybody. If you see somebody, you say, Assalamu alaikum. But you don't realize you're saying it in the plural. You know, peace be upon all of you, not just you singular, or even you the dual, because there's the dual, the muthanna in Arabic, but also it's but it's plural. And it's like this overabundance of salam and peace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, also one of his attributes is as salam. Is is that's one of God's names and attributes. As salam or Daras Salam is the name that God gave us or the Prophet taught us rather of paradise. Daras Salam. So that's a pretty big theme. I mean, can't get much more clear than that. So when we say, oh, Islam means peace, no, it really does, that's really what it's about. So if we <laughs> do not embody that peace ourselves, then it doesn't really matter what we say. It's just the message is lost, it's not, it's not across. So all of these things are for first and foremost for us to reflect on. A lot of times people talk about Islam and jihad and warfare and this and that. But even from the legislative point of view, even the concept of, of jihad in the, in the sense of just war 
it's done with the goal of arriving at peace. In other words, it's one tool out of many tools, or not many, but it's one tool out of a few tools that can be used by a state to achieve peace. In other words, if there's another way to achieve peace, then we are to find that other way. And that's why God says in the Quran, if they incline, with a janahul if they incline towards peace, meaning in the middle of war, in the middle of battle, then incline towards peace as well. So the point of war, here war being a just war engaged by a legitimate state, I mean, you obviously have to qualify so people don't misunderstand. Even then, it's just a tool to arrive at a settlement of peace. Uh, Islam begins with the reality of the human condition. One of those realities is that there are people that wish others harm, and you know we have the right and obligation, in fact, to defend ourselves, to to hold on to our life, etc. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives us some guidance on those issues. But even that, in the background of that, is peace. So this concept of peace is really something that we as a community need to reflect on. Do we embody this peace or not? Because if we are peaceful people, not aggressive. If we understand all of this, you know, rhythmic use of the word peace in the prayer and the Quran, etc., and we embody that, then for sure what comes out of us, our discourse, our interactions, all of that is going to be a manifestation of that peace. The other thing is mercy. Mercy is also one of the quintessential traits of Islam. The Prophet ﷺ is known as the Prophet of Mercy, Nabiyur Rahma. He said of himself, Indeed, I have been sent as a merciful gift. So therefore, everything that the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us is a manifestation of that mercy and needs to be understood as a manifestation of that divine mercy. So if our Islam is not merciful on ourselves or on those around us, then unfortunately... You know, we are perpetuating this negative view or this negative understanding of Islam. So, again, that's also something for us to reflect on. Now, this doesn't mean, uh, this is this doesn't mean like you know we are meant to be weak or meek or 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 uh, foolish or naive. For some reason, people th- sometimes think think that you know concept like peace and mercy and love are a sign of a naive person. This is not the case. We love and we are merciful and we are peaceful despite all of the tensions that are out there. That's actually very hard to arrive at that. It's not naive at all. It's actually, it requires a lot of self-discipline. And then it is the, the issue really when it comes to making sense of Islam, understanding how it's presented, how we pass it on, how we, you know, to use that word market it, but of course I don't mean marketing it, is to understand that that which is compatible with the other is much, much greater than that which is not compatible. As modern people living in the modern world, living in the modern time, we are a product of that paradigm. Some people will have us believe that that's somehow bad or wrong, but it just it is what it is. We are we can only be who we are when we are. We can't change when and where we are. So we are modern people, and a lot of that modern paradigm, not all of it, but a lot of it is is a Western material paradigm, and not everything in that is necessarily bad. So when we come to discourse with one another, we need to you know get off of this complaining 
you know, bend that we're on and assume that everything that we're doing and everything that we're engaged in is haram and bad and this and that. And there are things that are just sort of a function of the time that we live in. And from a values point of view, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over and over and over again in the Quran, He talks about the compatibility that we have with the other. Whatever that other is defined, whether it's another faith community, whether it's another nation, whether it's family, whether it's people that are against it, whatever the case may be, our job is to always look for that those values that overlap. And when we build relationships with others, when whether it's another paradigm, whether it's another mentality, whether whatever it is, and sometimes we're doing that within our own family, we have to understand that we need to build on that which is in unison. Build on that which is overlapping. Build on that which is shared. Those shared values. That's how you build a relationship. You know, if when you meet somebody, whether you meet somebody that you're interested in, you know, like a long-term relationship, or you meet somebody in your friends at school, or whatever the case may be, you're always building it. But it's subconscious. You're building on the things that bring you together. So maybe you you two are hobbyists and you do some kind of hobby or sport together and that's how you met. So you have something in common. And upon that commonality, you guys do other things. You never get together with somebody and start thinking about all of the differences that you have. Because if you did that, you'd be alone. You wouldn't have anyone. Because if you did that, you know that we all have differences. But the things that we have in common are greater. First of all, we're from the same species. We're from the same human race. You know, if we're talking about the Muslim community, we share the same faith. Um, that speaks for a whole host of, you know, a huge percentage of our identity. The things that we do, the values that we we hold dearly, uh, acts of worship, our liturgy, all that kind of stuff. All that's in, then we're talking about, you know, majority compatibility. So the other stuff is just small. So if we look at it that way, and we look at then our faith, and how we represent our faith, and how we act on our faith, and how we talk about our faith, then we're always going to look for what is shared. So I'll, I'll give you a personal example. This is something that you know it, go, it happens to me every year. Every year around the holiday times, if uh, I'm not in my home mosque and I you know I'm out somewhere and I happen to be in another mosque or I'm praying Juma somewhere else or whatever the case may be I mean I can almost almost guarantee that the khatib is going to talk about the impermissibility of the holidays you know whether it's uh, as early as Halloween which in the United States happens at the end of October or Thanksgiving which is at the end of November or uh, Christmas, New Year's, which is obviously at the end of the calendar year, beginning of the calendar year. This is where you're going to hear the words haram, bid'ah, you know, shirk. All, all, I mean, I've heard the most scarring things you can ever imagine. Now, it always, it always puzzles me because that for me is somebody that is not looking for the compatibility. You know, that, that's somebody that's looking, that, that doesn't have peace in their heart that is not a manifestation of mercy and love and all the stuff we've been talking about. If you were a person of peace, if you were a person of um, at peace with yourself, confident in yourself, a person of love and, and mercy, this is what you would say. You would say, Christmas is an event that even the Quran speaks about. And you know, you get, you get everyone's attention. What are you talking about? Because Christ says in the Quran, peace be upon me the day I was born. 
and Christmas is supposed to be the celebration of the birth of Christ. Now, we don't know when Christ was born. I mean, even Christians will say it's not necessarily this, but this was a certain holiday before Christianity, so they re- they appropriated it for Christmas, whatever the case may be. But if you're if you're a a, a, a wise person and a person that wants to bring out the good of your faith and wants to show how you can coexist with others, that's how you're going to look at it. Because literally that's what Allah says in the Qur'an on the tongue of Christ. Peace be upon me on the day I was born. So that's what Christmas, so you know, Merry Christmas to you guys. That's awesome. You know, that's a great thing. And then the khatib is, is railing on the haramness of all this stuff. And you know, half the people in the, in the mosque, they have family that are not Muslim. And it's the holiday times, everyone's off, so you know you end up at everyone's house anyway. It becomes like a, a gathering of your family. So you set all these people off on their holidays, miserable, full of doubt, full of tension. Either they're going to hate Islam, which you know many people do, unfortunately, or they're going to hate their family, which I don't know which one is worse, which is you know a, a significant amount of them, and they'll just, or they'll and they'll just cut off the ties with their family. I've met many families who have cut off ties with their non-Muslim family because of things like this. I'm like, no, you know, the family trumps all of that. You know, the, the Sahaba, they had family that were pagans, <laughs> let alone, you know, non, non, uh, non-Muslims. They were pagans. And they were even, many of them were fighting Islam, but they still maintained their family ties, etc. So I bring this story up, not to say that I'm the example, but simply to say it, it, there's a lot to say about building on what is in common. And you will find that what we have in common with other people, with other people in our community, with other people in the greater community, is much, much more than we think. And that's always how you build a relationship. So, if we manifest mercy, if we manifest peace and love, and if we're always looking at what's in common, then our Islam will be nothing but a manifestation of those things. And then therefore, it will be attractive. People will, will want to talk to us, will want to listen to what we have. They'll ask us, do you have anything to add to this issue? They want to hear our opinion. They'll value our, our opinion. But if we don't have those things, then unfortunately, we know what the result will be. So I wanted to end this conversation um, on the first principles with that, because I think that that's sort of the beginning and the end. We need to think about all of these principles, how we can hopefully implement them, inculcate them, absorb them, manifest them, and bring out the best of our faith, first and foremost for ourselves, so that we are inspired, that we are motivated, and that we can inspire and motivate those who are around us. I'm going to leave it there, and hopefully next week we will pick up on a brand new topic. Take care. (laughs) 